The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Beloved, we are gathered here today to commemorate the life of Christopher Keith Irvine, also known as Chris Jericho, after he willingly entered into a death match with Nick fucking Gage. What's up, everybody? It is, of course, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, Big Tasty, AEW Review Time. I'm joined by a hopefully very happy Aaron Statman Zuckers. Happy, yes. Got to see some death match wrestling on your AEW. Death badge is a strong word, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, a dude stabbed a dude with a piece of glass, mate. You know, what, what more do you want? Uh, well, we can get on to that <laughs> later because I've got so much to say about that. Right, well, we, we, I mean, that was... So, first of all, we'll talk about about this dynamite. I was... I mean, one, it was, it was a really good episode, but I was really shocked that they put the first match first. Yeah, I thought that... Even at the end of this, I thought that should have been last... Because, again, I've got things to say about the final match. Well, let's talk about the first match first, because the first match was absolutely excellent. Um, It was the one I was looking forward to so much. So this match match solely was the reason why. So I, I muted our Discord. I stayed off Twitter all day. Um, I didn't want to know anything. I didn't want to see anything. I didn't want to know anything. And I was so... I have not been this invested in a wrestling match. Since probably this is going to sound stupid, since probably Austin Aries versus Bobby Roode for the TNA title. I'm not like 20. What? I don't even know. 2012? maybe, yeah. 2012? Yeah. Option C, baby. F- fucking hell. Um, so, anyway, so we start off. This is Fight for the Fallen. Um, just in case anyone's not aware, they say it like nine million times. So you probably, you probably, 150 grand donated to some charity. Yeah, good on, good on Adub and the host doing nice things. Uh, we got a really cool little intro video. Oh. This was, I mean, this had, this oh, felt man. like, this felt like the start of a pay per view, didn't it? It really did feel massive. Yeah. So they show it was, like, it wasn't even for like just the whole show, it was for this specific match. Yeah. It's so good. So they show this video of like what it means, it's like what it means to be a cowboy, and it's like it's not about like you know throwing like ropes and riding horses, and it's about like you know helping people out and keep keeping going, and, and sort of like it was more like a state of mind. And all the while they're doing like little, they're showing like little clips of like the Dark Order members, and like on their like shadow they've got like cowboy hats on. Yeah, but they're not wearing. Cowboy yeah, hats. yeah, they're not wearing. Them, they're just, it's just the shadows. The, the motto is you don't need a cowboy hat to be a cowboy. But it's it's really cool. It's, it's all about yeah. It's like you know you don't you don't have to be, you know you don't have to like dress up like a cowboy and you know to have the cowboy spirit, which I think is what they're trying to get at. And then all the entrances. Oh Jesus Christ! So, <laughs> I mean, they they have like 
the lights all dark on the stage and like the lights come up and like outside to inside and it's like yeah, ten and lights. five and like Stewing cool, um Silver and Reynolds, Stewing Uno. And then there's like there's a blank one as well. Yeah. For Brody. Which it's, is just oh it's good, ain't it? <laughs> and they're all on the dark order, all doing the thing with the hands, and then like Hangman comes out like right in the middle with his hand like his arms up and like fist bumping the eye. It's oh my god, it's just I, my, my, my body couldn't handle it. It was just too much. Wearing purple and black. Yeah, he's wearing yeah, like it, he's wearing if, if you saw BT this week, he's wearing like the gear that the dark order gave him. He's wearing the gear. His um, Titan drawn thing is purple yeah. instead of the yellow background with the horse running through it. Oh, it was like and purple. It, it was like purple roses, wasn't it? Like yeah, and it's slightly different music as well. There's a yeah. slight tinge to it as well. Fair play. Oh, it was it was something else. So the Dark Order could come down with Hangman, and then we have a Space Jam themed elite <laughs> entrance. <laughs> Nothing like a fucking big sponsor or that, eh, to get your world champ to come in with a basketball. Uh, so Troy's got a few things he wants me to add in here, because he, he made a couple of notes about this. So Troy has now confirmed AW Mark, Troy Grant. But he's not on the podcast. No, he said he was too busy cooking dinner, so oh, he, doesn't, oh. he doesn't love you all enough, listeners. Um, he wants to give us his notes, does he? <laughs> so Carl Anderson had on the, the back of his jersey 2012, which was the year that he got to the G1 finals. Which was mentioned multiple times over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Apparently before Dynamite, Kenny Omega tweeted out, what time is it? Which is which is um, obviously uh, called back to Michael Jordan's line in Space Jam. Yeah. Uh, he also wore number 23 on his back, which was Michael Jordan's number. Right, okay. And he was introduced as Kenny uh, Omega, which obviously was also Michael Jordan's nickname. Yeah. Um, before the match, <laughs> they all have basketballs. They're all wearing like Basketball tops with like the elite, like in Space elite Jam font. Squad. Elite, yeah, elite squad, squad yeah, called. and um, they're all making baskets before the um, <laughs> before the match, which was great. Um, Nakazawa was there just like throwing the bat, the balls back. He's like recycling the balls underneath the hoop. It was to incredible. be fair, Nick Jackson was getting his every time. Yeah, he's drink like, shot Nick Jackson. <laughs> um, Don Callis goes to the comedy desk with his short with basketball shorts on. Oh, and it. Yeah, he says to Tony Schiavone, "You haven't seen a set of legs like this in ages. You haven't seen your own in twenty. It's like leave him alone." <laughs> Don Callis going straight in. You <laughs> love to see a bit. Um, some more from Troy, but I will come back to that in a bit because I don't want to give anything away too early. Um, so yeah, we go into the match, and so this is a five-on-five Survivor Series styly elimination match. Uh, so early on, we get the tease straight away that we're going to have Hangman v. Kenny. Like, yeah. Kenny's getting right up in Hangman's face to start the match. Hangman's going to start off for, the, for his team. Uh, but then, as I swear, at the last second, Kenny leaves and Anderson comes in. So, obviously, Don Callis is great on commentary in this match. He's just there, like, shitting it up, going, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to give them what they want straight away. We're going to save that. <clears throat> it's great. Don Callis is just at his cackling best throughout this match. He really is. The, the invisible hand himself. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, the, the match breaks, kicks off. We get spin of wrestling. I mean, we're not. It's so much happened in this match. We, we can't, yeah. can't blow for blow. It. It's just, it just, it was twenty six minutes long, and we can't go blow for blow. And so anyway, so we, we have this big breakdown at the start. There's some dives. Um, Alex Reynolds hits a super. Oh, it's a great. No, it's Alex Reynolds hits a superplex. 
I, on I, Nick Jackson. Oh, on Nick Jackson on the outside. Onto the outside, yeah. 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 Um, Nick has a funny landing to... We'll talk, we'll talk about funny lands in a minute. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, straight early on, um, Alex Reynolds is the first man out. He gets um, he gets cradled by uh, Carl Anderson inside cradle with a, a handful of tights. I, I completely missed it. I, it, it. It happened incredibly quickly. Yeah, it, was, it, was... It, it wasn't until they went, um, oh, uh, Hangman and... Johnny Hungy on their own. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after that, um, yeah, after that, we get, um, oh, yeah, the, the, quite nice. We get, um, next elimination is, so, right, first of all, let's talk about the order of eliminations. If you asked me to write down before this match started, who would get eliminated in what order? I think I pretty was, much got. I think I pretty much got them bang on. Yeah, it was near enough how you would expect it to go. To be honest, which yeah. I mean, it just goes to show that sometimes like doing the the thing that people expect is just good because it's entertaining. Like yeah. if this was if this was like I don't want to. I mean, you know, we, we don't we don't we don't do this on this podcast. We don't slam other companies. But if we this don't was talk a, about other companies ever. But, but if know. this was another company, you could honestly see something like John Silver getting put out first. Yeah. Just to go, just, just for the, Ooh, just for the swerve. It was wild. Yeah. but no, they let they hung, they hung silver, and then they gave him the big moment later on. And yeah, anyway, so after after um, Anderson rolls up Reynolds with the, the tights pins him, uh, I marked out because um, Stu and Uno hit the fatality on Anderson. Yeah, after just being surrounded by everyone else. Yeah, it gets yeah. to a point where like Anderson's in the ring by himself and like four people around him and he tries to like sort of negotiate out of it and they just batter him basically. He started doing a little jig as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah as, as a little dance. <laughs> um now interesting we get to a point now where um Kenny Omega who hasn't actually wrestled yet, he hasn't gotten into the ring to fight in any official capacity, he breaks up about three pins. Yeah. He's yeah. like he's like he's like the X Factor almost at this point Remember. on the outside. He doesn't want to fight Hangman. He yeah. ain't fighting Hangman. So then we end up with you. Know, you want to talk about? Um, oh, the, you want to talk about rough landings? We're talking about um, everyone's on the outside, and then Stu Grayson goes for like a springboard corkscrew. They called it a fly twister press in commentary. I don't. I think. I think Excalibur made that up. I think Excalibur made that up, but I think it you would be a springboard corkscrew, you would call it normally. And he basically went in between two groups of people when he landed. Yeah, literally everyone's arms were out, but no one bothered to put any power into their arms. So he just went straight through. He landed plain on the floor. You could even <laughs> see like um Silver when he was knocked down, like crawled over to him and was like, Are you okay, mate? Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. If you didn't realise how sort of landing they, that he had, they gave you multiple action replays Yeah, they, they showed him he ate big shit on the landing and they showed it quite a few times. <laughs> and they uh, even mentioned he ate big shit on the landing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then him and Gallows sort of fight into the crowd. He sort of Stu sort of bings Gallows into the, into the barricade. Then he gets and Stu gets into the crowd, climbs onto the barricade and hits like a dive onto Gallows. So someone's trying to like cuddle him whilst he's like climbing a barricade. Yeah. Well, he's climbing onto like a <laughs> slippy metal barricade. 
<laughs> Come on, mate. Uh, just play the game. Leave him alone. Let him do his job. Mate, you, you didn't pay the money to touch wrestlers. Like, <laughs> get away. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that's a double count out. They're both, they're both counted out, so they're both eliminated because they're both like dead be, outside. Which makes it three on two, I believe. Three on three. Three on three. Aye. Aye. Sorry. So you've got Uno, Silver, Uno and and then, yeah. So then, yeah, you get um, a little bit more action and it ends up with um, Omega in the ring with Uno. They have a little bit of back and forth. Uno nearly gets the win. Actually, he nearly pins him. He gets a very Uno, close two count. Uno done quite well here. Like, yeah, he, he does. He, 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 albeit briefly, but he holds his own against Kenny for a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, then it's V-Trigger City and Quite impressively, because Uno's a big boy. Uh, Kenny gets him up for the one-winged angel. It was a bit rough getting him up. I mean, you, f- you, f- you felt the knees, didn't you, when he was... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can see it was a bit awkward to get him up, but once he was up, Kenny was just like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Uno's out, pinned by the one-winged angel. Uh, then John Silver, because something just deletes Kenny Omega with a spear. Yeah, he hits him hard. Um, it, it goes to ad break, and then Nick Jackson just starts playing basketball. <laughs> well, hang on. So before that, just before that, Silver's in the corner, and um, I think it was Matt Jackson hit. Was one of the well, it was one of the books? They hit a move. So Silver's in the, in the corner, and they ran in, need him while he was in the corner, and then bulldogged him out the corner. I didn't even... Do they not usually do that? I don't know, but I remember very specifically another wrestler who doesn't move like that. I know. No, hold on. We'll get to that later on in but this I think, podcast I think, review. But, but I think that might have I'm, been a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of detail for you there. Because I don't I'm remember sure. them doing that. I don't remember them doing that very often in the last six months or so. Nick Jackson usually does the knee to the head on the, on his usual hot tag with a clothesline on someone else at the same time. Yeah, but this was very specifically yeah. in the into the corner then a ball like out of the corner and that was that was a very specific combination of moves. <laughs> maybe I'm reading into things. Maybe it's all in my head now. Maybe it maybe like Tony Khan's worked me, brother. It, but... I, oh everyone getting worked on this show tonight, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so then we get um all this time um like Silver's being isolated. Hangman's trying to get in and like into because like the elite are just cheating the shit out of each other basically they're, they're just running in they're, they're breaking the rules you know that it's it's barren out of control every time Hangman tries to get in the referees sort of cutting him off and then obviously the, the elite just cheat more uh, yeah. then there's a, a bit on the outside where um and this this is where um this is when Nick Jackson proves that he's become the greatest heel in professional wrestling yep <laughs> so they get um. They get silver up for an indie taker on the outside, but before From, they do it, they get cut yeah. to put the basketball hoop like over Matt and John's head. Yeah, and Kenny goes for like a layup for Nick, and Nick comes off, grabs the basketball, slams it, it miss, it hits the hoop and bounces out. Yeah, it rebounds out. Yeah, and then he hits the indie taker on the way down, and then he gets back on the apron, gets the ball back, slams it through the hoop, looks into the camera, and says, "That's what should have happened the first time." <laughs> Such a fucking prick, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's gone from being like the least interesting person in the world to being the best heel. 
Yeah, like he, he was just a flippy guy before, wasn't he? Yeah, so they were all... that's what it is with heels, though. They tend to get more character work as a heel, whereas yeah, maybe you, you can't because it's easy to be a prick, as you know, yeah, because you can say outrageous things. Uh, whereas when you're a baby face, you've got to pick your words carefully. Whereas you know, when you're a heel, you can just say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, true. Uh, okay. And uh, so yeah, so they get Silver back in the ring. Silver's fucked. I mean, he's he's gone. He, he's he's done well. He he's, he's got a, he gets a lot of offense in this match. Silver. He gets um, there was a moment we missed out where he sort of ran around the ring and like cannonballed Kenny, and then ran around and like clotheslined one of the books, and then ran around and clotheslined the other one. And he he cleaned house basically. Yeah. So they they really gave him a, a good a good portion of this match to shine. But the the, the indie taker on the floor, followed by a BT trigger, is. Predictably enough to put away, nice. and then there's there's a beautiful moment after Silver gets pinned as well, because ha- before that Hangman was power bombed onto the ring, ring apron, and he's sort yeah. of like pulling himself up onto, onto into the ring because it's it's just him now, and Silver like rolls towards him, and they have like a little brief moment on the on the apron, and it, it's almost like Silver's like, oh dude, I'm really sorry, I, I, I'm out, you know, it's it's on you. I. <laughs> Fucking dark order filling my heartstrings here. <laughs> and then you can see Hangman just sort of like, oh fuck, you know, it's like, all right, I, I guess I got to do this then. And then Hangman gets it's... up on, Hangman gets up onto the the raven. Uh, the Bucks and Kenny are in the ring, and it had to come down to this, didn't it? It had to come down to the to the old, the old, the, the nucleus of the elite. These four guys. I mean, it, it didn't have to. It could well, the elite had to be some sort of part in it, but there's two of them that had to be there at the end. Yeah, um, but we get some we get some other lovely throwbacks coming up as well. Yeah, uh, and then this is just basically Hangman trying to fight out like his life depends on it because it's three on one. He, he, just... he does literally get assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Kenny comes in, pulls off his. Uh, so now it's finally got to three on one, and like Hangman's had a bit of a beating. Kenny finally feels confident enough to tag in and um and face him. Yeah. Uh, tears off his, his jersey. And then as they're like facing off, Kenny just spits in his face. Like properly, there's nowhere else for that spit to go, no. so that close. <laughs> yeah, so they have a little bit of back and forth. Uh Kenny hits him with a V trigger and then Paige just pops right back up. Like yeah, Kenny like, Ken- no missing. Kenny just sells disbelief. Um, Hangman sort of firing up, the books come in, double super kick him, then they triple super kick him, and he kicks out. Then, oh, this looked nasty. They they hold, um, Kenny and Matt hold him over, like, the middle rope, and Nick hits a 450 on him, like, guillotining him on the rope. Yeah. Which looked horrendous. It's horrible. And around here as well, we had, um, we had, like, a was it here or was it later? No, it was later. So before that, yeah. So we get a few bits and bobs, and then eventually it gets to a point where so Hangman's have to work super hard because he's got not only has he got to get someone down, he's got to isolate all three guys so that no one can come in. One at a time, yeah. 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 Eventually, he gets a bit of he gets a bit of separation. He manages to um, bookshot Matt and gets a pin on him. Um. Now this is where this is where I thought the match was going to go one of two ways. So obviously, the big problem in this match is what do you do about Kenny because. You can't have Kenny get pinned because he's the champion. Yeah, you can, but in WWE's, oh, sorry, other company ways, but you can. So I thought, the way. I thought if they were going to go down the route where Hangman wins, 
then you have Kenny belt shot him in front of the ref just blatantly just to weaken him. Just to get disqualified and yeah. have him versus... But to, to like take him out, basically, so that the other yeah. guys could pin him. And then he just kicks out and then he comes back and wins. That's how. That's the only way I could think of you getting Kenny out of this match if you want him to lose without getting pinned. Yeah, that's fair. And when Kenny got the belt, I was like, oh shit, is that what they're going to do? Kenny's in there with the belt. Like, Rick Knox is looking right at him and he's like, no, don't do it. And, like, and he ends up just grabbing the belt off him and so it doesn't actually happen. Um, and then there's a bit of fuckery. You get This is where you get the throwback. So, um, Kenny, uh, Hangman's going for the bookshot and Nick grabs him by the leg. Yeah. Which is the reverse of what Hangman did to the books when they lost to FDR. Yep. So it's all it's... come full circle. We're, we're getting there, this story. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. It's incredible. Like like I said, this is the most invested I've been in a, in a professional wrestling match in like almost 10 years. Yeah. It's insanity. Like, um, so yeah, as this is happening, so then eventually he shakes him off. He goes for the bookshot. Kenny dodges it. The ref's distracted. He clocks Hangman with the belt. Now, no, the belt. The belt's a game over, man. No one survives a belt shot. No, Hangman kicks out. Of course he does. That was a ma- ma- like enormous crowd pop on that kickout, yeah, like enormous. And then like, and then this is another one. So then Kenny's like right in Knox's face, like screaming at him, like so you know that was three, that was three. And I was like, all right, is this how Kenny gets disqualified? Is this how they get Kenny out of the match? Yeah, but no, they they get back into it, and he basically just Kenny just V triggers Hangman twice, hits, and then as soon as he goes off the warming danger, you're like, well, there you go, that's all she wrote. Because if Hangman is kicking out the warming danger, then he could be on an episode of Dynamite. No. No. <laughs> so up he goes, down he goes, warming danger, one, two, three. Um, yep. Kenny, Omega, and Nick Jackson are um, the surviving men. And Hangman loses his title shot. We told Troy this last week. <laughs> we told Troy it could go this way. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I really, this really made me feel. I think is I, I kind of didn't like this, but that's kind of the point, I think. See see at the end then, right? With the one winged angel. For some reason, I just the tiniest little inkling in my head just went, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, like right until the very right until it yeah. actually happened. Like you, you were you were right there, weren't you? Like Yeah. Like surely they're not gonna do it fight for the fallen. Don't don't let them kick out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I this this and the crowd like as the as the three count, like there is just stunned silence. In the yeah, area. like no one knows <laughs> what to do. This is I'm not saying it has the same gravitas, but it's like imagine like a, a similar attitude to the Undertaker getting pinned by Lesnar. Yeah, I, I know, I'm, not, I'm not in any. Don't come at me. I'm not in any way saying it has the no. same level, same weight, but it was like literally that same sort of collective sense of shock. There's there's more stuff in the show that the fans don't know how to react to as well. Yeah, like, this isn't the only match of that. Like, there's a lot going on in the show where the fans are a bit iffy with things. So well, this, I mean, it's kind of the point. This made me feel real sad, upset. Yeah, that's yeah, what's I, like, I, happen. I, I didn't enjoy this ending, <laughs> and that is the entire point of why they did it and how they did it. Them cocky bastards that got the fucking Space Jam sponsor won the match. <laughs> the pricks, the pr- the jockey pricks won. The like, jockey pricks. All, won. The, all our favourite cool Dark Order boys 
got sent back. And then Uno was like on Twitter saying like, I let you all down. I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, no, dude, mate, don't. No. I can't dude, take you it. you done better than Anderson and Gallows. It's fine. I can't take it, mate. I can't, I can't, take, I can't take sad Uno. I, I, it, just, it just kills me. Oh. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, that was... That was... That was a free TV match. I loved, as I said, I was looking forward to this for the past what two weeks ago it was announced. Yeah, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for the past two weeks just because it is five on five elimination match. They they always could go any way possible, and I'm I'm sad about the ending, but also happy because we get more. It's delete. It's delaying it again. Yeah, we're getting, getting more. more. They just give us more. And yeah. then you think about these other elements that might be happening, and it's just so much combustibility. Like, what's what's going to happen in, like, two months' time? You know? If, if, if Hangman's not number one anymore, he's number one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, every time, every time you think it's just going to level off, and it's going to be like, no, they just find a way to take it to another to another level. Like with the, they just ramp it. Like, surely there's no like it's like Spinal Tap. Do you know what Spinal Tap is? No, oh, fuck so. me. I'm gonna upset myself again, aren't I? Probably. Uh, there's. A, I'll be very quick here. So Spinal Tap is like a, a rock and roll, fake rock and roll documentary about a, like a fake rock band. It's really famous. Oh, okay. It's been parodied loads. And one of the jokes is they have an amp where you can turn it up to eleven. Oh, you probably heard the expression uh, uh, turn up to eleven. Uh, I, I, I get, I get the reference. Yeah. And like they're really, they're really um, impressed that like the amp. If you set it to ten, and then if you need to go any higher, you can go to eleven, even though it's the same like rotary dial that was painted an extra number on it. But like that's like AEW. <laughs> so every time you think they're at ten, they just find another number. Yeah. And they just go up. And, like it's like this should be this should be like the peak. Like Hangman should have won this, gone on, won the pay per view. No, no, now they're gonna they're gonna knock him back down to build them right back up again. And this, I am fully here for it. In my opinion, this should have ended the show. Yeah. But but can you end the show on that ending? Yes. How how can you not end it on that ending? Not every show needs to be a great ending, even Mm. though it was a great ending, just not a happy ending. Just ending on that like vacuous, like yes, shock basically. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) why not do that? (laughs) I think. I mean. I think. I can, I can kind of see, I mean, from a purely logistical standpoint, you obviously have to put the death match on last just for the cleanup. I mean, have you watched GCW? The cleanup in between matches. Um, sorry, bunny ears cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to a death match tournament tomorrow. So. Oh, lovely. Lucky all, um, all women's lucky. death match tournament. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, Session Moth Martin is in a, a Lego death match. A Lego difference. Yeah, hell. that's gonna be fun. Um, shout out to TNT. Um, check them out on Twitter. Um, so yeah, so that, I mean, what I mean, what an absolute twenty, like say 25, 26 minutes pay per view quality banger. Worth it. Thank God. It was an absolute. I, thank God. Coaster. Thank God I was not like having to watch this in America and miss half of it. No, <laughs> I literally I got in at like five o'clock today and like. I said to Sarah, like, do you have any more phone calls with work? Because I really want to put this on the telly and not watch it on my PC. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. And it was out um, I got on the sofa, got it on the, t- on the big telly, and I had a, I had a great time. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Tiffany, who does, who's not having a great time, is um, Death Triangle. 
Well, well, two of them are having all right time. One well, so Pax backstage being interviewed by Alex Marvez, um, but apparently the Lutzbros aren't there because someone cancelled the car that was meant to be taken from the airport to Dynamite. Well, so first, first question: Why are they travelling to Dynamite when they're not on the card? Second of all, how is someone else getting their details for mode of transport? It's Charvo, mate. He's um, he's too he's too good. He's too good at what he does. Uh, is that what it is? Okay. Okay. Um, so any walks in with with Andrade and basically says that oh, the the Luchadors didn't have any um didn't have any any transport, so they booked them a limo and it's going to bring them here in style. Obviously, they're trying to like butter them up, aren't they, to like sort of get them to turn on pack to join them. Yeah. And Andrade says um, basically says if you can't look after your your workers, maybe they'll come and work for someone who can. Damn. I mean, I think I'd rather it because then Andrade doesn't need to talk as much. <laughs> I really like Jarvo in this role. I think he's, I think he's done a really good job so far. It, it helps Andrade a lot. Yeah. So to a have someone like, talking need... to him and b for that person to not be Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all because for it, definitely. when when Jarvo starts talking, my ears don't start like bleeding. Yeah. I mean, I know that's Vicky's whole thing. She's a heat magnet, but you want someone who can actually cut like a four-minute promo without making me want to change the channel. Yeah, so, without you know. just screeching. And... All right, next up, we've got uh, the Ricky Stark celebration, and Taz is there in like a, a DJ booth. I can only describe it as. <laughs> it's like a weird podium, isn't it? I, <laughs> I don't quite get it. Is it just to make him look a bit taller? Uh, yeah, well, probably. <laughs> He's, what, five foot nine? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, first of all, we get Taz introduced Ricky Starks. He comes out to his baller entrance music. He does that pose he does where he, like, turns to the side. But, like, it's, it works really well because the belt's, like, right in his face and he like, puts a little kiss on the belt. Like, see really... that pose? See the pose with the music? Does he always do it in time with the music? Because um, it goes... Do, 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 and then... Do, do. Yeah. Yeah. and then he does the three transitional moves. Yeah, he's, he's got it down. Has it always he's, been like that? Yeah, yeah. It's always he's always done the turn, but like now there's a belt in his hand that looks like so much cooler. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's been great. So he basically cuts his promo saying that um, basically Cage they got rid of some garbage. His cage. He said he's been the one holding the group together. Um, also, whilst he's talking, the crowd chant, "We can't hear you." And Starks goes, "That's because you're all inbred." Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, they have um, oh. they have like a brass band, like a New Orleans style brass band playing is playing um, like when the Saints come marching in and like some some staples on the outside to like sort of introduce him and stuff. He's got orange roses as well in like a bouquet. It is hometown is New Orleans. He's from New Orleans, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So then he's basically just running down case and like he you know he never came to like check on him when he broke his neck and like he was costing him matches and all this and that. Um. And then he basically says that, you know, Cage has been around 17 years. He doesn't know how to be a star. None of Stark's charisma rubbed off on him when they were together. Basically just running him down. Cage has had enough. He comes out with his new music, which doesn't have Taz talking at the start of it. Um, yeah. Um, he's, not, he's not really, like, wrong, is he? Saying that his charisma didn't rub off on him. I mean, no. Cage. You know, heels are, like, the best heels are ones who say you do the the right thing for the wrong reason, or the, wrong th- the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. Um, Starks is basically spitting truth. Like, Cage didn't check on him when he broke his neck. He did cost him matches. You know, he hasn't become a star in 70. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he was he was world champion in impact, but he wasn't. 
Yeah. Um, so I love Impact. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm joking. Um, so Cage comes out and basically just um, kills two of the brass band. Yeah, takes out the drummer. Well, first of all, he's clotheslines the trombone player, like annihilates him. Then he yeah. takes he, he, he takes the bass drum off the drummer and just hits him over the head with it, like bur- like cartoon style, just bursts it over his head. Did you see his neck get caught on that drum when it was going down to the ground? Yeah, his head is like right back, so he got caught in the side. Um, he then Brian he then, Cage. He then, when he then grabs the trombone, gets in the ring, just rips it in half and just starts. Yeah. J- JR goes, there's no place for trombones in wrestling. Ooh. Sick burn. Ooh. <laughs> sad, sad Xavier Woods noises. Sad um, Francesco noises. So yeah, Starks then just like launches the bouquet, the bouquet of roses at Cage's face and just legs it on the ring. Yeah, he's no deal with that shite. To be fair, neither would I. <laughs> no. I like this. I, like, I think Ricky Starks are really good shithouse heel. Um, yeah, and I'm really, I'm really excited. To, I'm really excited to see how much of a prick he can be with this title. Yeah, so I, I think he's getting into his groove now properly, being the main attraction of FTW. Yeah, so. absolutely. And then we got a little surprise. Um, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi just comes in, just goes. I want a title match. I think I'll challenge the winner of the of this one. I think I'll challenge the one I've not had before. So I'm doing it. Whoever wins, I'm having you. But you have to travel to Japan. To Japan yeah, you've got to come to me. Because I'm Tanahashi, <laughs> dickhead. So, you know. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. <laughs> John Cena on fucking 2016 Roman Reigns all again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, my right. Tanahashi's never been my cup of tea, so... I mean, a lot of people like him. Yeah. I, mean, I'm, I don't watch enough New Japan stuff to really have an opinion on him. I know people think he's really good. Um, he's obviously got this sort of storied career. I'm sure he'll have a really good match with the winner of the um, of the, the upcoming title match. I, I, I can't do him any wrong in his character and his style. Well, his style of wrestling's a bit Meh, but uh, he's getting older as well. Yeah, you've got to remember. So, uh, right. So next up, we have our tag match: FTR and Tully Blanchard. Well, FTR with Tully Blanchard. Sorry, he's not in the match. FTR with Tully Blanchard versus Santana and Ortiz with Conan. Oh boy, proud and powerful are over. New FTR gear. New uh, FTR gear. They've got their like pinnacle jackets. Yeah. Um, yeah, Santana Ortiz got a huge pop, like absolutely they- enormous. They have new music as well. Yeah, they've had that a few weeks. It's the first time they've wrestled with it, but they've had it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, oh, it was on oh. Ruckus. Ruckus put it on his Twitter a while back. Oh, well, I didn't. I've never heard it, so there we go. Um, and they I, they mentioned it on commentary, but like, man, Santana and Ortiz looking really good shape. Yeah, Santana especially looks like jacked. Yeah, it looks not 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 even the kids were saying just jacked. Yeah, it looks lean and hard, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is a decent match. Uh, I think they, they hold a lot back because um, they're obviously saving this for like a, a little bit of a series, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think it will be like a best of whatever. They don't give it all up in this first one. No, it's a straight up wrestling match. The thing is, 
no, no, like moves are that stand out in this match. But overall, it was just so fluid and yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here now, like struggling to recall any particular spots that I really yeah, enjoyed. I just remember the match just, being really entertaining. It was just fun to just watch it happen because there was no stopping. It was fluid. There was nothing that went wrong in the match. Well, it was just till um until Cash cut cut, cut his fucking arm out. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Gloss over that. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, really good match. Really some really good double team bits and bobs. Um obviously no big moves get hit. There's no mind. There's no big rig. There's no mind breaker. There's no street sweeper. So we've got so much on the table that we can we can still play with. Yeah. I mean, really I'd like quiet. to go and just do like a real nasty force camp anywhere match or something, and really have fun with it. Street fight. Well, someone like uh, someone like the well, park on a brawl they had with um yeah. with best friends, somewhere along those lines. Uh yeah, just really good match. Actually, towards the end of the match is a bit it's a bit weird. So Cash gets a really bad cut on his arm and like you see him like out there putting like pressure on it to stop them trying to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Um so Dax just gives um I can't remember who he pins. He pins Ortiz. Ortiz, yeah. He just gives Ortiz him a brainbuster and pins him, basically. Um, I don't know if that's yeah. meant to be the finish or they had to improvise something. Yeah. I'm well, not sure. The only, the only notable point I got that stood out a little bit like from the rest was the roll-up Ortiz done on, I think it was Dash. It was one of them. And then he, they kicked out and he had to dive straight onto the other one on the outside. <laughs> I, I thought that was quite cool. But. Yeah, like, like you said, it was really smooth. Like they're, they're two teams that they work really well together. Um, they're both excellent tag teams. They they really are students of the art of tag team wrestling, and it really shows when they when you yeah. put them both in the ring like this. Uh, it was really really I, good fun. I'm not 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 an FTR fan myself, but this match was. I enjoyed just sitting there watching it happen. Yeah. Um, then we get another promo from Brett. Um. Basically, you're saying because um, basically throwing down Nyla, really. It was a good promo. Yeah. Uh, Baker needs to be on TV every week, so he shares. I mean, I, 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 I have no issue with that whatsoever because their, no, their promos are really good fun. <laughs> I've got no issue with it. I'm just saying because she's one of the bigger stars now, she's got to just do something. Yeah, and then so. the, the big live announcement, um, which we all hyped up in our heads to be a UK tour. I know, I know. It's, it's, it'll happen. It will happen. But they've got like three of their main stars in Liverpool next April. So, you know, have faith. I think it's a bit more than three now. But, yeah. Well, the three big ones. We're, 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 we're still going up. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, so they announced that AEW Rampage, which obviously debuts on the 13th. Yeah. Yes, 13th of The next week after that will be... Um, August the twentieth in Chicago, at the United Center, and this is what has been the the, the discovered trademark of the first dance. Yeah, the first so this, dance. This is what this show will be. Uh, so a couple um, of notes on the United Center. Sorry, Troy, Troy very specific for me to mention these. Um, before you, as Chicago has said, like literally just oh, the word Chicago, raucous, the crowd, raucous. the crowd goes wild. <laughs> CM Punk chants are deafening. <laughs> They all clearly read the dirt sheets, is all we can say. Um, the crowd went wild on that one. Yeah. Um, so, about the United Center in Chicago. Um, that is where the Chicago Bulls play. Yep. Okay. Another, another Space Jam throwback there. 
um, and Michael Jordan, I, a lot of Michael Jordan in this episode. And also, Troy wants me to mention that there has not been a major pay-per-view there since WCW Spring Stampede in 2000. And the last WWE pay-per-view there was SummerSlam 94. Okay. There you go, a little fact for you. You, you like facts, don't you? I like facts, eh? <laughs> I'm all for I'm all for stats. Dangle that with you, and then if you want um if you want to move from facts to is this even foreshadowing? What is this? Oh. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't do it, the actual wrestlers will. <laughs> if you want to whip the entire collective internet into a frothing frenzy, then you have Darby Allen. He said. Darby said he'll be there in Chicago on Rampage and said he's been around greats. There's only one place to prove you're the best. That's in AW. Direct quote, even if you think you're the best in the world. CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. Jesus oh, Christ. Fuck me. No, see if it's not. They've just fucking baited the whole wrestling universe here. <laughs> like... If the rumours weren't like so close to like being true, like they best, they best if they're doing head, this, they, they best have him signed if they're doing this. It better be. <laughs> <laughs> they best have that contract signed. Can if you imagine? Really going with this? Can you imagine then... sixteen thousand Chicago wrestling fans paying up to see CM Punk debut and he doesn't show? And it's not CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is from Chicago that's not wrestled in a while? Truck <laughs> the other one. The other one from the you like the podcast, right? He was on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck me. Send Colcabana out to die. <laughs> Thing is, he must get he must be on a Jericho contract that he does get signed, surely. Yeah. You'll be, be. Be, be on top money and like few dates. Well, well, I mean, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be picking his schedule. Put it that way, I think. Yeah, he'll be picking his schedule. Yeah. But... Uh, right. So we'll move on to another match, shall we? Um, so this is aforementioned IWGP US title match. Again, contested under New Japan rules. Uh, Twenty second count out. Yada yada yada. Um, so this is Lance Archer versus Hikaleo. Um, Hikaleo is the younger brother of Tamatonga, for anyone who doesn't know. He is, an, he is an official member of the Bullet Club, so this marks the first time we get the Bullet Club theme played on Dynamite. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah the Bullet Club entrance, like, video. The logo. Hi. The logo it's pops up. He comes out, he's got his Bullet Club t-shirt on. This is, like, this is the Forbidden Doors, like, swinging on the hinges now. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally hanging on by, like, one screw on each <laughs> end right now. <laughs> So, this is um, um, this is what I. So yeah, so um, Hikaleo comes out, and he sort of stops, goes back to the tunnel, and out comes King Haku. King Haku, and he does his like proper Meng fucking pose with yeah, the fists. I love, I love it's that. It's like fucking hell. He got his, he got his foot quite high up, did. <laughs> so um. Yeah, he, um, he, moved, he moved all right. Considering he he's, moved. He's, he's, he's not a young guy. Definitely not. Um, so for anyone who's not aware, Haku is widely regarded as legitimately one of the hardest people in wrestling. They, they even mentioned it on commentary. JR mentioned it. If there's ever a conversation about who the hardest legit wrestler is, like there's the stories of him, hardest there's, wrestler there's, is. the stories of him like walking into bars and just clearing the place out. 
pulling folks eyeballs out with like these two fingers yeah your index and middle finger like skipping them out they even they even mentioned earlier like like haku's the kind of guy you want to walk into a bar with and not be in a bar when he walks in yeah <laughs> so yeah he's like he's like a legit ask like rick flair always talks about like mad rick flair's got loads of mad haku stories Tell if you ever, if you ever get to, if you ever get to listen, like a Ric Flair podcast or anything like that, he always drops a few in. It's a, it's always dead good. Uh, so anyway, Arch is out as the champion again with his banger entrance music. Uh, no Jake Roberts this week. Um, no Jake Roberts. Arch is yeah. running solo. Um, Hikaleo and his name tag, by the way, it says uh, a five-year New Japan veteran. I mean, do, he's do still... you get classified as a veteran after five years? I mean, based on like the, he's not. Uh, he's on his way. He's not quite there yet, I don't think. Um, in terms of no, because I was watching New Japan on the regular like two years ago, and he was he just like started being in the Bullet Club. Yeah. He was very rarely doing a match. So at, at the start yeah. of the match, uh, Jr. says that Archer is the reincarnation of Stan Hansen, which is odd because Stan Hansen's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Last like Jeff, anyway. I didn't even click onto that. <laughs> JR, come on, mate. Come on. Unless you know something we don't. Um, so, yeah, they have like a nice little, um, they have a nice little stir down. They get onto the outside. Um, Haku gets into it with Archer while the rest is distracted and sort of throws him into the barrier, which is cool. Nice to see Haku getting involved. Yeah, the, he, he, was, he was clearly having a great time, by the way, Haku. Yeah, he was, he was. I think he was just loving just being in America on TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, not not the most not the most complicated match. This it was very. I mean, it was just two big meaty men slapping myth, basically. Wasn't yeah. It? You know, we've we've seen it all before. I mean, it, it was it was fun. Um, so they go onto the outside. They all batter each other. Um, and yeah. So um, Excalibur mentions while this match is happening. That um, due to the working agreement between AEW and New Japan, the winner of this match will travel to Japan to face Tanahashi. Absolutely so they, ridiculous. They get into the ring. Um, so Haku had uh, Haku Leo, sorry, had Haku Leo, sorry, had most of like the best of it when they're outside the ring. He sort of got on top. They get back in the ring. Um, Archie gets him into the corner, sort of uses a bit of his like sort of you know experience and sort of ring awareness to sort of turn the tables. Hits his sort of awesome old school slash moonsault, which I absolutely yeah. fucking adore when he hits that. The crowd pop big for it as well; they really like it. It's so nice. Yeah, it's, when, it's six, so nice having pops for big moves foot, again, isn't it? It's a six foot eight man doing a moonsault off yeah. the top rope, <laughs> off the middle of the top rope, <laughs> off the middle of the middle. It. <laughs> but it's so nice having crowds pop big for like insane moves. Like we've missed that. Yeah, just just little things that the crowd pop for and stuff. That's great, or just chants that aren't just a couple of wrestlers. Like yeah, that aren't, that aren't Austin Gunn. That aren't Austin Gunn screaming on his own. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was we, we all enjoyed that, but you know, it's it got it's us through. It, it got us through, but yeah, you know, it's it's nice to have the real stuff back. <laughs> um, so eventually, after a bit of trying, um, Archie hits a big superplex. For a near fall, and then impressively he hits the blackout. Yeah, well which, done. yeah, fair play to him. Um, yeah, I mean, not a, not a particularly complicated match. It was fun for what it was. Two big guys just going at it. Yeah, showing Hikaleo off a little bit. That's yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he didn't do a great deal, but TV. yeah, they gave the game enough to make him seem like a threat. And you've got to, you can't just bring yeah. in like the Gorilla Destiny straight away. You've got to Good start enough. with like the, the lower rungs of the Bullet Club and work your way up. 
mean, I still don't understand what universe we're in where AEW we, we, gets. Yeah, we, we've not had. To... I was going to say, I don't understand what universe we're in where AEW gets Hikaleo and Impact gets Jay White. <laughs> That's fair. I um, the thing is, right? They've not had any major New Japan players yet. They've only had Hikaleo, Nagata, and Kenta. Uh, Kenta, like sorry, Kenta, you're not quite up there. Are you? But he's he's more like New Japan like, strong at the moment because he's lived in America and. Well, yeah, but there's not been a big one like obviously you're. Two big ones. No, you're not getting. You're not getting Osprey. You're not getting a card. Uh, you're not getting Osprey. You're not getting Sonada or even even at that Sonada or Evil. They yeah, are two of the bigger ones. Or Kota or... Yeah. Well, Kota will be there too. Yeah. We'll get there. We're, right. We'll so next up, there. then we cut back to Alex Marvez, and he's about to interview Cody backstage. Cody's in in um in Gorilla, just doing like the production. And Jerry Lynn's sitting next to him. And he, he's about to interview him. Malachi Black just appears out of nowhere and kicks his face off. As soon as Cody says anything, Ma- yeah. Malachi Black just appears. Like, he starts to talk, <laughs> and then Malachi Black's foot is, like, in his face. Yeah. And, like, Tony right. Khan's there, like, two seats down, just, like, appalled at what's happening. He just, like, can't believe it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I love I love, I love, when you see exacerbated Tony Khan. This might make you book this. You know what's happening. Oh, you, you playing it? You pay these guys. <laughs> so then they, they sort of brawl um, up the ramp and like onto the stage. The crowd pop massive when they go onto the stage as well, because obviously they're watching it in the back. As soon as they go through the curtain, it's like huge crowd pop. Um, Cody sort of get he does his little drop down punch thingy. Yeah. And then Malachi Black just like fuck you, mate, have this knee, and just like feeds his knee the, to him. The booze on that fucking yeah. uppercut. The booze. Oh. Yeah, because everyone's seen Malachi Black kick Cody's soul out of his body. Oh, Cody, what, you're fucked, pal. That's what we're all here for. So yeah, Malachi Black just knees Cody into, into like oblivion. I feel sorry for both Cody and Malachi. Malachi because Cody could win. <laughs> Cody because... <laughs> Cody because he's going to get kicked to fuck. Yeah. So then after that, like everyone comes out, like um Jerry Lynn, um like Dante Martin's there. <laughs> Fuego del Sol comes out and they're just checking on Cody. And as Malachi like sort of standing there looking smug, and then like Fuego gets up and Malachi just fucking black masses his, his this, head off. This sale by Fuego though, well done, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was like he's been shot. <laughs> well done. Right here. Absolutely does a murder on Fuego del Sol. Good lad. That's why they brought him along. <laughs> um, be a master of the Tornado DDT. Take this kick. Yeah, that was a, the Tornado DDT himself. <laughs> in that fucking cell. <laughs> they're, about say, they're about to say number of rotations. Jesus. <laughs> um, so next up, we got another quick um, Miro promo. So Miro, we don't get to see a clip of it, but he actually came out. So... Um, a little bit of backstory on, I think it was Elevation this week, on Dark Elevation. There was a, um, there was like an elite general manager, the video game, there was like an online tournament, and the winner of that got to book a match on Elevation. It was on YouTube. It was on YouTube? Yeah. What, the, the tournament? tournament was, yeah, it was on YouTube. Now, so the winner of that got to book a match on Elevation, and the guy who won chose 
for some reason, Luther versus Big Shot Ely Johnson. I'm no believer in that for that. <laughs> apparently, apparently, so this guy, he's a, he's a podcaster guy, one, and apparently, so they invited him backstage to, to, like, you know, sort of hang out, and apparently Tony Khan said to him, like, this is legitimate, he had to, like, pull a stri- pull strings because Luther was meant to be doing something else. Oh, God. And he had to pull strings to get Luther back for elevation so he could be in the match. Out of anything he could have picked. <laughs> this, oh, is, this is, like, legitimate. So oh, anyway, so... Waste. After the match, Miro comes out on elevation and he cuts a promo saying that um, Johnson's um, opponent that night was chosen by a fan, but his next opponent was chosen by God, basically saying that he has a match with, with Miro. So he's going to defend against uh, Lee Johnson. I mean, he's just going to fucking kill him, isn't he? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, absolutely kill him. Miro is going to fuck him up. So <laughs> Yeah. So he cuts a promo following on to this um, he says obviously next week God's favourite champion will fight talks about facing Lee Johnson he said Lee Johnson is talented but he cannot take his divine right away from him he said he's a simple man and he's motivated by two things a vengeful <laughs> God and a double jointed wife he's good ain't he <laughs> he just gives no fucks does he he just doesn't give a single fuck and it's great she could very well just appear as a valley Easily, he said. A glorious reckoning is upon him. This is the word of the redeemer. Oh, I mean, he's just—it's just—he he doesn't need to do much, does he? he? Just pops up a little thirty-second promo, and like you're like, okay, I, I instantly now want to see this match. Yeah, just let let give us Miro, please, more Miro. Speaking of matches, we all want to see. Get out! <laughs> Never repeat that again. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Oh, private party and Angelico versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on, I'm fully on your team now, mate. Um, I'm getting. Hey, a bit you're with struggling this. with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like this is like it's like your bit of your dinner that you're really not fond on. I mean, it's still food; it'll still do you. But you know, it's like oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that caught on the pan. Really, it's really like it's like ha- it's like having the same meal seven days a week. Yeah, it's like, like I love mashed potato, that. but I don't want to eat a fucking half kilo of mashed potato every, every night. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. If you don't know what we're referencing, we're just referencing Christian in general. <laughs> he's he's not quite found his foot in yet, has he? He's just plain vanilla. Plain old vanilla. Anyway. Um, this I mean this match was kind of meh. It was just a little a little thing. It was it existed uh, just to just to sort of push the storylines right, didn't it? Before you even go into the match. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going really to go into the match, right? I'm really not going to go into the match. <laughs> um, we, we get Tony on commentary going, QT's uh, waiting until next week to apologise to me because my family will be there. Yeah. Uh, so Can't wait for that. Murdered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the only really thing to... So at the beginning of this match, Christian just legs it after Matt Hardy. And we don't see him come back. He just appears on the apron later oh. on. Whoa, he might be like under five foot, but Marco Stunt chased him as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't see him. You, 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 don't, you don't like show him going back down the ramp. He just appears on the apron again at some point. I thought, oh, maybe he's just legged it away and they're going to have a fight no, now because. It, it's, it's like instantly he runs back in onto the apron because he's there like a minute later. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah, so basically the, the finish is uh, Luchasaurus gets in, kicks ass. He. Um, 
hits Luchasaurus a chance again. Yeah, I mean, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, I love, I love Luchasaurus, don't get me wrong. He hits yeah. a big sort of choke slam on, I think it's Mark Quinn. Yes. And then Christian, a, a little bit of consistency here, though. They've got Christian like begging for the tags. He wants to get the win. Yeah. Luchasaurus tags him and he hits a frog splash. And um, yeah, that's it. Christian gets a pin. I've just remembered, sorry, I'll offer it back real quick. A really cool spot from the tag match. Speaking about Eddie Guerrero stuff. Um, Santana hits like two of the three amigos on one of FTR, and then he tags into Ortiz and then he hit like a double for the third, which was really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Sorry, but yeah. that was more. That was that was more fun than anything that happened in this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Christian won with frog splash. Hi, cool. and then the blade hit him in the face with brass knuckles afterwards because Christian always has to have a feud. Good serves him fucking right. <laughs> And Christian sounds <laughs> like he's been shot. Um, <laughs> but then, um, is the Matt Hardy feud over? Let's be honest. No, never. No. Oh, it's all these no. guys have got at this point. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> um, yeah. So there we go. We have a little little Nick Gage intro. If anyone doesn't know who Nick Gage is, he's a he's a bad bad man basically. Oh, oh just him speaking. He's. Just rough around the edges. That's Nick Gage. So it's how he's meant to be. Just to catch, just to like, because I've, I've seen a bit of Nick Gage stuff. I've not seen an, an enormous amount of Nick Gage, but I watched his. Um, he did a podcast earlier this year with Chris Van Vliet. Yeah. In like an hour and a half, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Just is it just him talking about his life and stuff? It's just Nick Gage being interviewed by Chris Van Vliet, talking about like his, his life, his wrestling, his childhood, going to prison, everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a, he is, is ridiculous. He is a staggeringly compelling man um, to listen to. But he's he's fairly sorted his life it over yeah, the past he's, couple he's, of years. He speaks, definitely, he speaks very openly, very candidly. He says that you know prison was the best thing that happened to him because it sorted him right out, got him clean, you know, and all this. Um, yeah, he he speaks he speaks very um, very authentically. Yeah. Uh, he's so over because the fans literally saved his life. Basically, yeah. if it wasn't for wrestling, he wouldn't be with us. There's a moral of the story. So. Yeah, so that's a there's a little like little video there. Um, basically, he says that he's the Deathmatch King, which is something he said numerous times. He's the King of the Deathmatch. And... He's the Deathmatch King, but he got beat on Saturday night. Well, by Matt Cardona, the new Deathmatch, the by real Matt Deathmatch Cardona. King. To, to be fair, if you watch the matches that. Yeah, it's foolish shenanigans. Oh, it's screw, it's screwy ass. I mean, your boy, it's your boy, your boy, your boy Ricky Shane Page is all over the finish, isn't he? So, Ricky Shane Page done a, a face turn and a heel turn in the space of two minutes. <laughs> yeah, he, he went full big Joe. <laughs> oh, but I, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's uh, apart from Matt Cardona throwing light chips because he's never thrown one before. It's it's a good match. It's well done. Um, so next up we have Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa. As Thunder Rosa um, says in a little video package, she's coming in. This is her first match since officially signing with AEW. She not had one on Dark or that? No, she only signed like the last week, mate. Oh, she's not been there only a week with Varsity Blondes. No, Thunder Rosa. Oh, Thunder oh. Rosa. Thunder Rosa signed. Officially with AW, she's all uh, elite. Aye. Yeah, I yeah, sorry. Which is good because it, it almost feels like they've been afraid to push her too hard because she was she wasn't under contract. 
It feels like she's been there forever anyway. So. Yeah, but she yeah, but like she never got any follow-up after the Britt Baker match, which is so good. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't want to risk building her up in case she couldn't sign or if she went somewhere else. Oh, but now that she's locked down on the contract, hopefully we'll see a lot more of her and a more consistently booked. Because she's fucking Rosa again. Because she's incredible. Well, she, I mean, she basically just batters the fuck out of Julie Hart in like three minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, they mentioned on commentary numerous times about Britt Baker. Yeah, and Thunder Rosa, the but rivalry. They've got this unfinished business, and now Brit's the champion. You know, Thunder Rosa is obviously going to be pushing her for the belt now. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Well done. Like, give yeah. us it. I mean, it was a basic half match. Did the job. Um, Julia Hart's Julia Hart. She's alright. She'll get better as she goes. She's, you know. She's still green, as the trainers would say. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we cut. So then we're going to have some matches not lined for next week. We've got Mira versus Big Shotty. We've got the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch. The winner gets a title shot. Yeah, uh, so is it not a eliminator? Like a yeah, but they said the woman get, yeah, it's an eliminator match, but they said that um basically just means the winner gets a title shot. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, guess what else we're getting? Christian V. Hardy. Yeah! <laughs> Can't we? No, it's not. No, this is wrong. Sorry. This is this is written now. It's Christian versus the Blade. Sorry. It can't still can't wait. <laughs> and the, the match I'm really looking forward to. Well, um, so I was nervous about the five on five match because I, I was worried about how it'd go, like booking wise. Yeah, I'm equally nervous about Cody versus Malachi Black. I, I as as I've said, as we've both said over the past couple of weeks, it could go either way whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah, right. And then just before, just as like a little Amos Bush before the main event, we get. John Moxie, a little John, a little surprise, John Moxie promo. He's not doing anything else, so he's yeah. on the session backstage. Just backstage, with cool. his swigging his little hip flask, um, and he makes a good <laughs> point. He basically says um, he's been watching the Olympics, and um, he said, "How come he's not allowed to go to Japan to wrestle when you've got water polo teams at the Olympics?" On TV? Yeah, how come? All, how come all these countries can go to Japan, but I can't? <laughs> and then he makes a good point. Yeah. He said basically, um, Tanahashi's not Astra. He, all this time that he's been US champion, Tanahashi's not said anything. And now as soon as he loses the title, boom, he's straight in there. Aye. I mean, if Moxley wants to go chasing after Tanahashi and kill him, I'm happily going to watch it. He has a really good line as well. He says something like along the lines of like, oh yeah, you're always talking about coming through the forbidden door. Said, but you might not like what's on the other side. Yeah, that that was his final line of the promo. Like, fair play, Moxley. Yeah. Well done. Scary. <laughs> John Moxie, he's just, he's just a badass, isn't he? You know, he's literally a badass. Yeah. yeah. It's been said numerous times, but um, he is probably genuinely the closest thing we've got to Stone Cold right now in yeah. the wrestling world. So. Um, all right, and then we get to the main event. So Jericho's in first with his, um, with his pain maker gear on. With the new mask as well, I quite like this. I mean, it really it, it paints. I was I was watching this. I was watching this like entrance, and I was thinking, man, Jericho's still Jericho's still pretty cool, man. I'd like it if he didn't go take his mask off and go out of character and go, oh, keep singing, oh, come on, everyone. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little. That was a little bit more daddish, but you know, <laughs> sort of killed the painmaker thing a bit. But okay. And then Gage is out. Um, uh, right. Or Jake Roberts calls him Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Gage. 
<laughs> biggest high school ever. It's a really cool intro for him, actually. Uh, yeah, it's obviously that Justin Roberts didn't do the whole paragraph that he gets, like representing B block and stuff. He said like he that. said like represent the Eastern Block, which is yeah. as I found out was his the name of his prison group. Yeah, if you go to any Nick Gage GCW match, the ring announcer, like on the standoff in the ring, does like a whole paragraph. Yeah, about him and the whole crowd like sing with it, like talk with it. It's great. Goddamn God marks. Goddamn GCW marks. <laughs> um, yeah. So then MJF is out on commentary. He comes out with some popcorn. Yeah, like instantly, like me messing about. Yeah, like they cut Gage's music off so MJF can get his in, which is. Kind of fitting for the for the sort of situation that they're in here. Yeah. It really makes it really makes it feel like that Gage is like a mercenary who MJF basically just hired to well, fuck up Jericho. Nick Gage was getting a lot of like shit on Twitter last week when it was announced Nick Gage was going to be the MJF's lackey. Uh, Nick Gage was like, uh, usually I'd beat the piss out of boys like him. But he's paying me big money, so <laughs> why the fuck no? Yeah, a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of like Nick Gage selling out sort of. <laughs> Yeah, being thrown around. There's actually some signs went there around ringside, like uh, MDK sold out. Fuck, like you're at an AEW show and <laughs> Nick Gage is in the main event of Dynamite or fighting for the Fallen. Come on, you've paid to be there. <laughs> so yeah, so this match basically starts, and the first thing we see is Nick Gage just hardway cuts Jericho with a pizza cutter. Yeah, like legit, just slices his arm with a pizza cutter. <laughs> Well done. So, sort of sets the tone and like, all right, four seconds in, and Jericho's bleeding. You, you have me enthralled. <laughs> um, and like the opening of this match is, in case anyone's not aware, Nick Gage can actually wrestle. Oh, I've I've tried telling people this, like me and Troy have this conversation a few times. There are deathmatch wrestlers out there that can wrestle. Yeah. So with Nick Gage, he runs a. He runs a training school. Well, he ran a training school for a time, didn't he? Um, yeah. And he said, like, he get guys coming into the. This was, this was on the, the interview with Chris Van Vliet. He said he get guys coming into the to the school. And being like, oh, I want to, I want to do deathmatch wrestling. And Nick was like, well, all right, okay. Well, first you need to learn how to wrestle. Yeah. You know, do your back bumps, do your landings, do your, you know, your basics. Get your moves down, your holds, your throws, your suplexes. Learn to wrestle first, and then go to deathmatch wrestling. You can't just come in and be like, I want to just twat people with glass. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> Uh, watch Matt Cardona throw light tubes for that very reason. <laughs> it doesn't look nice. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so they get out. Um, Jericho's bleeding. They get out onto the um, outside. Yeah, Nick Gage hits a, a really decent looking Falcon Arrow. Yeah, like, yeah, he's. Uh, Nick Gage is good. Right? Yeah, he's a good wrestler. <laughs> he's, a, he's a solid good wrestler. Um, my only issue with this match, it started off quite. Slow, like yes, we got the pizza cutter at the very beginning, but there was a lot of just pulling weapons out to then not use them for a while, to then just Irish whip each other. And I think, uh, well, obviously they they were only going on on like, on like the deathmatch scale. If you imagine, like you know the indie the yeah. indie nonsense we watch sometimes, just like a ten. Uh, this probably went to about a five. Uh, in proper deathmatch terms, it was genuinely about a five, six year. So they couldn't start at like a four. <laughs> because you can't spend the whole match going from four to five. 
<laughs> like they had to start at like one and like slowly build it. Like that was the only way to do because they didn't they didn't have a lot of headroom here, you know. No. But I mean, still a fair play in this main event. Yeah, fair play to Wolf. I want to say first of all, fair play to Chris Jericho. I mean, it's probably he's wanted to fight different people for a while, so. Yeah, anyway, so, so they get to the outside, they, they do a little thing, Jericho gets, like, slammed into the ring post, gets himself busted open. Yeah, I think he was bleeding a little bit before that, wasn't he, like, on the bridge of his nose, he had a bit of blood. He got hit on the ring post, I think. Like, well, that cut him up, like, real bad on his face, but he had, to yeah. get a little bit of blood already, um, just before he started. Uh, Gage is bleeding as well, for some reason, um, off his head. That, I think that's just, like, fresh scars for Saturday. To yeah, just, just opened up one of his one of his recent cuts. Because um, there's there's a walls of Jericho that happened, right? And they mentioned the scars on his head. They weren't scars, they were like scabs. Like fresh cuts. They were, they were like fresh cuts that had scabbed up. <laughs> like from yeah, Saturday. They were like, they were like deep, <laughs> they were like pink and like deep red. <laughs> that's not the colour of scar tissue. That's like like is that's blood. That's actual blood. That, that's blood. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, he, he and they get out. Uh, Gage is sort of loading the ring up with light tubes, and I I didn't think we I thought we'd seen like maybe one light tube, and it'd be like the finish. But yeah, but because we talked about this last week, we're like, are we going to get light tubes? And it's like, well, maybe one, and like maybe, you know, maybe possibly because this is network television, they can't like just hit people with light tubes. That's not how it works. They worked around it, to be honest. Yeah, so so Gage starts loading the ring up with light tubes, but Jericho gets the baseball bath. Um, Jericho hits, used the bath to sort of neutralise uh, Gage, he's going for the light tubes The thing is, because it's Nick Gage, people are divided like this crowd is divided on this match there's a lot of, whoa, but no, uh, as soon as as soon as he pulls the light tubes out, the crowd goes fucking mental Yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, Jericho at this point is kind of pissing blood out of his forehead I mean, I would be too but that this is yeah, but that's before this. This is when um, Gage hits him with the choke breaker, and then he goes into his pocket. So he drops the pizza. Pizza cutter from before. He dropped an Aubrey. Had like sort of got rid of it, but he had another one in his like shorts pocket, basically. It looked bigger as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, he basically just goes to all four sides of the ring and just like grinds the pizza cutter into Joker's forehead. It, like is. It's a trademark move from Gage to do that in most of his matches. Yeah, like the first. I mean, he he sort of like. I don't think he goes full hog on all of them, but the first one he definitely digs it in. Yeah. Oh, aye. Yeah. That's you, you gotta like, like make them bleed, mate. Come you can on. see you can see people in the crowd like visibly disturbed by this as well. Yeah, it was it was as I say points like this where the crowd don't know what to do, like because they're watching it like it's a bit much for us. This is Chris oh. Jericho, the man who normally gets knocked into the fucking orange juice. <laughs> here he is getting like legitimate stabbed right in front of you <laughs> like the crowd genuinely don't know how to react and I'm like come on just cheer for it you know you're never going to see it again yeah you're you? never going to see Nick fucking Gage <laughs> stab Chris Jericho again in your entire life just enjoy it while it's happening oh um, whilst that's happening MGF's just like laughing hysterically like on commentary I love this because like just... MGF's like MGF's like the biggest punk the way he's portrayed as like a character he's the biggest shithouse heel if he was in a match like this he would be out there in like three seconds 
but because he's like instigated it against his enemy, he thinks it's the greatest thing known to man, which is the perfect yeah. way to play his character. It's so good. He thinks this yeah. is like it's Citizen Kane of wrestling at this point because it's all <laughs> happened to Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, right. Well done, MJF. Uh, and the one thing I didn't think we'd get, so Nick Cage is looking for something under the ring and he can't find it, so he literally just grabs one of the production guys and like throws him under the ring, like get that thing out for me. Yeah, the the crowd chant, we want tables, right? Very loudly. Yeah. Nick Gage is like, nah. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, you can see him do like the, the hand across the throat, like, nah, mate. Nah, that's fuck, that. <laughs> fuck that. Fuck grabs a light tube and they all shot. <laughs> oh no, before that, he, gets, he grabs the fucking shower door. Yeah, he grabs the fucking glass pane. Fuck me. Puts it across two tables, pane of glass across two chairs, sorry, to make like a. Uh, like a sort of platform yeah. and it's in the corner and he's um he's gonna well so first of all he's going to um basically puts Jericho under the glass and he's gonna like Vader bomb through it which yeah. Jesus Christ that would have been insane I don't think Jericho is meant to be lying that way but yeah <laughs> but then Jericho gets up he managed to sort of fight out of it and I didn't see this one coming Jericho gives Nick Gage a top rope Hurricane Rana through the pane of glass. And that just seeing that glass smash everywhere was great. Yeah. It was such a good visual, especially with the camera because it was like obviously this is Deathmatch Wrestling, it's live TV. Any could go around that glass could have smashed before they did it. They could have been put slightly wrong and Gage could have missed it. Jericho could have missed the Hurricane Rana. Everything went brilliantly and it looked incredible. Yeah, like the camera on it. Was and they amazing. caught yeah they caught Gage hit it like perfectly. As well, like, bird's eye view of him just going through the glass was perfect visual. Like, yeah. well done. Um, so yeah, glass shatters. Then, again, another thing I didn't think we'd see <laughs> Jericho gets a um, a light tube cracked over his back by Gage. Well, K- Gage reverses the code breaker, pushes Jericho into the glass on yeah. that code breaker reversal. Then the light tubes get used, and then so it's like one off his back and then one off his yeah, he takes, head. Yeah, he takes one across his shoulders and then like one over his head. Yeah, one, well, it's his shoulder that takes a hit, but yeah. the camera gave a shit view of that. But it still looked cool because it's light chips, you know. Um, it's Chris Jericho. It's 50-year-old Chris Jericho <laughs> getting hit by light tubes. Like, just think about I'm, that. I've got the cheek to greet a bit of light tube not getting smacked off his head. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do people want Chris Jericho to get hurt so much? Um, and then a pile driver on the fucking a pile driver. Uh, well, not even like a jumping pile driver on the glass. On the glass, like fucking hell. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, then Gage goes back under the ring. At this point, uh, MGF is just like he's basically just jizzing on <laughs> jizzing at the company. <laughs> oh, he's well up for the idea. It's great. Uh, and then Gage just ends up like grabbing leftover light tubes for the ring, like for the canvas that he's just smashed over Jericho. Just start stabbing Jericho in the head. Yeah. yeah. And he gets another one, breaks it himself. So yeah. Like... He goes, That wasn't a pointy enough. Smashes a tube over himself and just goes, Right, let's do it proper. <laughs> and at one point, he is just like repeatedly just stabbing, like, um, like. Moxie and Archer did with the fork last week. He literally just like yeah. repeatedly stabbing Jericho in the forehead. Like fair play to Jericho for doing it. Like 
I don't think I want to see Jericho do it again, but <laughs> Yeah, I think one's probably enough, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is probably going to be in my top ten in the second half of the year for <laughs> just the sheer fact Jericho did this. Just for the pure <laughs> spectacle of it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, um, after all that, Gage wants more light tubes, so he, he's got, like, the... Um, like four of them duct taped together. Yeah. And he's going to crack Jericho with that. But out of nowhere, Jericho has got green mist. Did he? Did I don't think he had it as a pain maker, though. So I don't know why he's as a he thing now. Picked up a trick in Japan, you know. <laughs> Fuck noise. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's a death match. It, you do, it any, you do what you can. So Jericho sprays green mist in Gage's face. He takes the, um, the four stack of light tubes, just smashes it over Gage's head. And then hits with the Judas effect. And what I did like, um, he hits with the Judas effect. Obviously, that's a protective move. No one's ever kicked out of it. Gage gets the shoulder up like 3.5. Yeah, well, he's sort of holding the back of his head whilst in the position, isn't he? Yeah. So he's he's using it like it's not even the Judas effect that took him out. It was the it was light the light after he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, fair. And yeah, that's it. Jericho clears the second labour. Um, he is literally a bloody mess. Clears is a strong word. <laughs> Survives he's the survived. second labour. He's, he's had to swim through broken glass and light tubes and his own blood to get there. And like, fair play, he is cut to shit. Yeah, he's fucked. <laughs> he is literally pissing blood all over himself. <laughs> and he's just he just lies just sort of like propped up on the middle rope like against the, near the corner just looking like so miserable like he's in so but, much pain and he's got that like little bit of light chip in his hand just like yeah just in case <laughs> so then immediately like last time Jericho's music plays MGF's up on the mic cuts the music off now I really like this but I don't feel like it landed because of because how can anything land after that like it just you can't you can't follow that with anything because you've just seen this Chris Jericho you've just seen Chris Jericho do a fucking death match you could yeah. no, nothing you say to me is gonna have any impact on me right now. <laughs> What's he still like just lying there? No, I'm blood. in shock. Like what I've just seen, I'm not gonna take it in. It's not gonna hit with me. It only hit me about half an hour after the show finished. What was happening next week? I didn't have time to. I couldn't process it as it was happening because of like what I'd just seen. Uh, so I mean, and it's really clever. So MGF comes out. And he oh, he's on commentary. He just well, he comes off. He comes off. The, he comes back onto the ramp. Shots. Yeah, he comes up right. onto the ramp. Um, and he says basically, um, now it's time for him to real labor number three. He says to, if Jericho wants to win this, he has to do something he doesn't normally do. He has to land a move off the top rope. And then this is really clever. So he said, "Do you remember what you said to me way back when?" And he showed a clip of um, like when Jericho was insulting MJF, and he said something like. He was probably conceived when his mum banged his dad after watching, watching Jericho beat Hube Guerrero. Um, yeah. Who went through Guerrero, right. for anyone who doesn't know. Hube uh, Guerrero. And, and then he, he says, like, to Dome Jeff, you probably don't even know who he is. Google him. And so Jeff's yeah. like, <laughs> MGF come back, they can bring it back to the, to the live. He's like, well, well, Chris, I did Google him. So his opponent for next week, for the first time on TNT in 15 years, is Hube Guerrero. What, what a callback, eh? Just such a throwaway line. And it's such a shame because this deserved to have... Well, one, he wasn't there. He didn't come out. Yeah. 
So it didn't have the impact that Gage had last week. That's true. Because yeah. like he was physically there, wasn't he? You know, with his fucking pizza cutter. Um, so it, I think it kind of fell. It, it's a big deal, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. But I can't help but feel like it felt a bit. It fell a bit flat at the end of the show. Well, th- this is why I said um, the first match should have been the main event to finish on that ending of Hangman getting beat, because that's just as you said, it didn't sit right at the end. It just felt a bit. Oh, felt, Jericho's still lying in the pool, but now he knows his opponent. Yeah, it felt a bit flat because nothing could top that match. Like in yeah. the imme- in the immediate aftermath, like nothing could could go on top of that. Yeah, because it was the end of the show. We didn't have time to breathe. If it had been like that, was the first match, and then like at the top of the hour, MJF announces the next opponent, and you've yeah. had like a, a match in between, maybe to like calm down. Yeah. And then you could have finished on sad hangman noises. Sad hangman noises. I think that would have been the best bet to do the sad hangman noises ending. But I'm I'm not going to argue this show was good or was bad because it was good. There's no doubt in that. Oh no, it was. I mean, I'm I'm nitpicking here. Like really, I'm yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I'm just complaining that I didn't get my. Like I had a really nice meal. I much maybe would have preferred the, the the chicken before the pork, if you know what I mean, or whatever. It's like it's it's all it's all details. Uh, and in Hooven to Guerrero on Dynamite next week to fight Chris Jericho is going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, um. So with that, we we do have we we have a new segment coming up. But before we get into that, we'll have our highs and lows. So Aaron, do you want to give me your highs and lows, please, sir? Oh, I really hope you've got things prepped for that because I don't. Um. Uh, my high's got to be that main event. Like just seeing it, the spectacle of it is fantastic. Jericho versus Nick Gage. Who would have thought in twenty twenty one we'd have that match? On, yeah. on on TV as well on TNT. Um, my low, I think it's gonna have to be that six man tag. Yeah, sorry, Christian. Just. Sorry, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus made importantly. <laughs> uh, I'm unsurprisingly, I'm going to take the same low as you. I just, I mean, it's just a bit meh in it, you know. Yeah. Um, and my high is going to be the first match. It was just, it was just balls to the wall insanity. I think it was, be- it was between the two. So yeah, I mean, either like it was the the two best matches on. I mean, it was a fantastic start and end. The show was great overall. I thought I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But the, the the first and last match in particular were exceptional spectacles, like they really were. And yeah, yeah you said you could have, you could have picked either or. Um, so yeah, so that's that is our um, review fight for the fallen in the books. Before we go, we are going to leave you with a. Before we leave you, we are bringing in a quick new segment. We are taking some questions that have been posted on our Discord. That is Untitled Wrestling Podcast. If you want to join our Discord, um, and hang out with us. Dress pod. Dress pod. Yeah, we can hang out. We play video games on a Saturday, like lots of Mario Kart, Knockout City, Among Us, all those fun party games. Um, we also just hang out and chat wrestling, which is great. We we have like channels for every show where people tend to post while they're watching on live. So if you want to chat with someone while you watch your wrestling, it's a great place to do that. Yeah, so just come on, come down, check it out, hang out. Uh, everyone's kind of cool on there. It's pretty fun. Um, 
We have legit almost like forty people on there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing really well. Man. We've got we've got and it's yeah. a, a wide range. We've got like people who stream. We've got people who are big mass wrestling fans. People who are like maybe lapsed wrestling fans. It's a really nice little community. Uh, so if you want to come and be part of that, please feel free. Uh, a couple of questions. First, we have a question from Faye uh, off of the Discord, and she says, "Can I have your thoughts on where you think the Hangman story is going to go next? Because my head is being pulled in a million different ways, and I'm just wondering if this has shifted." anyone's predictions just i think we called it as in it was going to get delayed again anyway like in the talk with troy last week on the podcast um i think the way i see it is just another rebuild not as long a rebuild so i want to add i want to add two little questions onto this as well on the same tangent for you aaron one do you think that the impending potential debuts of punk and danielson have any impact on it? As of the storyline, uh, not really. They'll be like Christian, where they have their own things going first before they get main event or yeah, world title. Because um, these big fights. My second question: They talked. There was a news story doing around the dirt sheets last week about how, with the alleged signings of of the Brian and Punk, that there have been like rewrites to the to the long-term storylines in AW. Do you think Hangman was originally going to win this match? And do you think that has changed because... Or do you think this yeah. has always been the plan? I think this has always been the plan because, again, we all want more. <laughs> like, AEW yeah. know what they're doing with long-term picking. I mean... We want more. I think if you have to spin the... If you are intent on spinning the wheels on the Hangman-Kenny feud, I think Punk and Daniel Bryan... Brian Danielson are excellent people to slot in to, uh, to to face Kenny in the interim. But then, how do you get over Punk losing? Uh, Brian, I'm sure would take the loss. Fine. I think I think it's more likely Brian fights Kenny uh, than Punk. Yeah, yeah. As I say, the Punk one's a bit. Well, uh, I think but... Punk one. I think Punk is less elastic nowadays. I think once he loses, he loses a lot of his shine. Yeah, especially if he loses, right. if he loses straight off the bat. Because if he loses straight off the bat, he's washed up. He's been out of wrestling so long. You know who cares? He's got to come in and get a big win and put himself back on the map. Yeah. Whereas Brian yeah. literally wrestled, he made him at WrestleMania like this year. Yeah. So he can take the loss to Kenny, no problem. He can take the work, the loss, and build himself up. Yeah. Like Hangman is going to do again. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and then another question from Nat again on the Discord. Um, do y'all think this is Chris Jericho doing a big old farewell tour, and is he going to retire after this feud with them, Jeff? I think we spoke about this before, but yeah, because who's who is his next one? Obviously, who's the, the first one? Is Spears? Uh, I think so. If the, the way the way we can tell, if yeah. his last one is Lance Storm. Is that what we think it is? Well, that's Jericho said he's promised Landstorm his last match. Oh, okay. Because right. he okay. was his first match as well. Landstorm was Jericho's first ever match. And he promised him that he could be his last career match as well. Fair. So I think if Lance... I mean, he's a trainer, so he knows how to wrestle. Hmm. He's not that old, is yeah. he? He's no older than Jericho. True. He, he just, just got he just got out early, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um... I think that I think he's definitely taken some time off. I don't know if he if he absolutely retires. I think I, 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 tour is coming up as well. I remember. I think Jericho is one of them 
one of those Ric Flair guys who just sort of keeps coming back. His Fozzie tour in the UK starts in October. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a Fozzie tour coming up. Yeah, so he's, he's yeah. in the UK for a bit. Um, I think he could go. I think once once he's allowed to tour the band, I think he'll go and do Fozzie th- stuff for a bit, like he did in WWE, where he'd have like sort of a year off and then just come back. Yeah, I mean, it, it was going to happen eventually. Like, I don't think because because Jericho's not been in AW outside of the pandemic for long enough for Fozzie and AW to clash, has he? No, I think there was briefly at the start, but we quickly got over that. Yeah, well, it was the rock and roll um, yeah. cruise, wasn't there, and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's done, done. I mean, this does very much. It very, we said this like last week. It very much reads like Jericho just going like down a list of who I want to wrestle. Yeah, and finding an excuse to do it. Gage is one of them. Fuck yes. I mean, how? I mean, how? I mean, just. I mean, I'm sure because Nick Gage is a massive mark. He'll tell you that he's a massive wrestling fan. And, he's, yeah. and, he, and he is a he's a proper wrestling historian. Like he grew up watching um, like NWA in the territories, um, and then he he sort of didn't watch a lot of nineties WWE because he hated it. And then at ECW was sort of, sort of brought him back in. I mean that's quite the show to bring you back. So. Yeah, but he is like he's he's got wrestling history like right through. Him. Yeah. Like he's he's not just a, he's not just some some dickhead who likes getting hit with things. You know he knows a lot about wrestling, uh, yeah. and it must be a really cool honor for him to be like because Jericho must have asked for this. Like, if you're told no one can go, nobody in AW can go to Chris Jericho and be like, "I need you to wrestle Nick Cage." That can only no, come from no Jer- one's ever asking that. <laughs> no no one. This can only come from Jericho <laughs> saying, "I want to wrestle Nick Cage." Yeah, like fair play, Jericho. Well done, mate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it does feel like he's certainly ticking off a list. Haha, <laughs> a list. Good <laughs> Um But whether he whether he's done done or whether he's just done for a bit, I think remains that's that's the maybe the big question. And I think the way Jericho is, he's he's a he's a he likes to work people, doesn't he? I think he'll make people think he's done. Yeah. But, um Yeah, and he'll just appear again, won't he? Yeah. He's he he does that, he likes to do that, doesn't he? Loves a good crowd pop for himself. Uh, another one from Nat as well. Before we before we sign off, it's the last one. She said all of her questions are hysterical, crying and screaming. Oh, okay. Presumably, <laughs> in references to the um, the Dark Order and Hangman losing. We we feel you. We 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 were all yeah. We, we were all we were all affected by the uh, outcome of the opening match. I feel like we've tried to explain that storyline a lot to a lot of people. That <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. But you know, the, the you know you can't have. You can't have the sunrise without the darkness. So like, you, you've had the storyline for like a year and a half now. We can just keep going. It's fine. I can, ta- I can take another. I can take another. I can take another six months of sadness. Don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> just, just wait for it. We'll get there. We'll all, we'll all get there together, and it'll be glorious, and we'll have a lovely time when it happens. I promise you. <laughs> just keep keep stay strong. Right, on that note, um, I think that's going to do it, mate. Um, Fight for the Fallen in the books, Q&A done. What a, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Eh? I mean, what a, before we sign off quickly, but what a what a four-week spread AEW have had with these four shows. Like, they've they've really exploded back into live shows, haven't they? And they've, they've given us some absolute insanity. It's the one show a week, like, I just cannot wait to see every week. I mean, and it, it's it's only like from what's being reported in the media, it's only going to get more insane. Yeah, so this is just the beginning of it, kicking off. 
of bigger names coming in and oh. like storylines and all sorts and you chose yeah. like we've got the show in new york we've got the next pay-per-view that's all in september then we've got you know rampage debut in two couple of weeks time it's just it's what a, what a time to be a wrestling fan <laughs> oh can't wait uh, we'll have to wait, and as will you. But you can catch our review of all of the all of these exciting things as they happen right here on the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed your AEW show slash review. And as always, stay safe and enjoy wrestling. And we'll see you all very soon. Bye. Why does Phil Brooks use a metric system to measure distance? Because he's a centimeter punk. Yeah, no inch punk, is he? <laughs> oh, that was I, I caught that before it happened, so I was quite, quite impressed with that. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of t-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out toproadbrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to stick your cancer charities.